How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Hey, hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're going to be talking about the five mindsets that cause failure. You want to avoid these for sure. And for all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, available now also on Amazon. Now let's get on with the show. All right. I want to tell you the story of two people. We've got Jane and we've got John. Now, Jane and John were both put in a sales role. And in this sales role, you're given the exact same tools, the exact same systems, the exact same support from your manager, the exact same number of clients, the exact same everything tactically. But Jane and John get two different outcomes. Jane ends up making 200K her first year in in business in the role. And John ends up making 50K his first year in the role. Now, how come two people can be given the exact same tools, the exact same systems, the exact same frameworks? Now, let's take a look deeper. And we see that Jane is confident. She's an action taker. She's decisive. She's motivated. She's driven. She's not afraid of rejection. And John is hesitant. He's an overthinker, an overanalyzer. He doesn't make decisions fast. He doubts. Now, these two people have the exact same tools, the exact same systems, the exact same structure and support, but they receive two different outcomes. And it's a very simple reason why. It's their mindset. Now, I don't believe in what everybody talks about, all the life coaches talk about, like your mindset dictates everything. Because you can have a great mindset, and if you don't have the right tools, the right strategies, the right tactics, you can still not get there. But I want you to think of this more like a combination lock. Not only do you need the right mindset, you need the right skill set, and you need the right tool set. If you have the tool set and the skill set, but not the right mindset, you won't be successful. If you have the right mindset, but not the right skill set or tool set, you won't be successful. You need all three. You need the right mindset, you need the right skill set, and you need the right tool set to be successful in any specific endeavor. So these are the five mindsets that I want you to focus on that will, uh, that can prevent you from being successful, that will cause failure in your life. And I need you to avoid these at all costs. If you want to make more money, have more freedom and have a life with true meaning. So the first mindset is something referred to as the fixed mindset. For anybody who's not aware of it, you can check it out in Carol Dweck's book called The Mindsets. 
and it's amazing. Carol Dweck is a uh, Stanford psychologist, a lot of research on this. And what she developed was uh, a clear understanding of basically the biggest signifier of success in life is what we refer to as the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. <coughs> so when I was seven years old, a lot of people don't know this about me. When I was seven years old, I was the slow kid. I was having trouble reading. I couldn't do math very well. And I did a, a, an aptitude slash IQ test and I, I scored very low on it. Basically, my teacher in second grade was worried that I was not going to be able to pass second grade. Now, my mom, being the amazing mom that she was, uh, was like, oh, I'm not worried. He's cute. He'll get by in life. It's okay if he's slow, if he's dumb. <laughs> so thanks, mom. Uh, very, very helpful. Now, I love her for that. I love her for loving me unconditionally, but uh, not helpful. Now, I remember being, quote unquote, diagnosed as the slow kid, as being uh, diagnosed as the dumb kid in second grade. And I remember my teacher, Linda LaGrange, she said, she took me aside one day and she said, Xander, do you want to be smart? And I thought about it for a second. And I said, yeah, I do want to be smart. And she said, if you want to be smart, you can be. You're just going to have to work harder at it. And I remember taking that to heart. And I remember believing that I could be smarter than I was. And so I worked my ass off in second grade. And I ended up passing second grade. And I did it again in third grade. I worked my ass off in third grade and I passed third grade. Then fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. By the time I went to middle school, I had to take math at the high school. By the time I got to high school, I had to take math at the local university. By the time I finished high school, I was done with all of my math for my UCLA engineering degree. Now, that's because my teacher implanted in my mind in, at, in second grade at seven years old, something referred to as the growth mindset. Now, the growth mindset says it doesn't matter what hand you're dealt, if in what area it is, whatever it's, you know, communication or math skills or ability to read intelligence, dancing skills, whatever it might be. If you're given, uh, you know, a certain level of aptitude, you know, let's call it a, a three out of 10 or a seven out of 10 uh, when you're born, well, you can develop that. And maybe from an intelligence standpoint, from a, uh, a reading and writing and arithmetic standpoint, I was given a a one or a two or a three. Well, I worked so hard at it over the course of five, six, seven years that by the time I was graduating, I was at a level 10. That's the growth mindset that you can develop in any area of your life beyond where you're at right now. Now, the exact opposite of that is the fixed mindset. And the fixed mindset says, whatever you're given, your God-given talents and abilities is what you're given, and that's where you stand. And you can never change that. Now, you can see how this mindset can be so detrimental to somebody. Let's say that you wanted to start uh, being an entrepreneur, right? But you didn't believe that you had the skill set to be an entrepreneur, right? You were a level 5 out of 10 from a sales and marketing, or 5 out of 10 from a, a driven and motivated standpoint, a 2 out of 10 from a sales and marketing standpoint. And if you, if you believe that it takes at least a 7 out of 10 to be successful... Well, you're not even going to try. You're not even going to go for it because you know that you're going to fail and then other people are going to see you fail. And then because of that, you're going to, everybody's going to see that you're not good enough. 
That's the fixed mindset, and that's how it affects it. It prevents us from doing the one thing that we want to do. We want to be an entrepreneur. Or we want to go be, a, be you know, play more tennis, or we want to be an amateur professional tennis player, or we want to you know, be a professional dancer, whatever it might be. I don't care. But if you have a fixed mindset, it prevents you from thinking that you can get there. But if you have the growth mindset, let's say I was a level five out of being driven and a level two and a, and a three in sales and marketing. And I know that I need to be at a level seven for each of those to, to be successful in entrepreneurship. Well, I can go try and I can go fail and I can go hire a coach to help me get better in sales and marketing. And I can go help me help get a coach to get me better uh, in, in, you know, motivating me and driving me. Before you know it, I try a couple times and I fail the first time, but as I fail and I learn, I go from a, a three to a four and I fail and I learn, I go from a four to a five and then a five to a six, a six to a seven. And all of a sudden I'm able to be a successful entrepreneur and start accomplishing all the things that I ever wanted. It just took a little bit more work. That's the difference between the fixed and the growth mindset. Now, the second mindset that we need to make sure that we're overcoming is people pleasing. We need to overcome people pleasing. Now, why do we people please? The reason that we people please really is because evolutionarily, we had a desire. We had a desire to be close knit in a community. Now, if we were in a community back as evolutionary man and we were uh, to be shamed or social, socially shamed, we would be outcast from that community and then we would die. So literally, social shaming is one of the deepest, deepest concerns and fears for us. Dr. David Hawkins talks about this, that shame is actually the lowest energetic emotion that humans can feel uh, just above death. Why? Because it's so closely associated to death. So, you know, in, as evolutionary man, we might be socially shamed, that shame then ostracized, and we'd be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. We wouldn't be able to get the food that we needed. So, so being outcast from a community would actually result in death in, you know, way back when, prehistoric man. Now it, it doesn't. There's plenty of other uh, communities that we can be a part of, yet it's still deeply ingrained in our emotions and our hormonal chemistry to want people to like us. But this desire to be liked is one of the most dangerous things in humanity, preventing us from being happy, because majority of what we do as humans is for other people to like us for other people to accept us rather than for what we really want. How many times have you made a decision because you saw somebody else do it and you wanted to be like them or your parents said you should do it or a friend said you should do it and you wanted, you wanted them to like you or respect you or accept you? How many times have we made that decision? How many times have we stayed in a job for, that we weren't happy about for fear of looking foolish doing something different? How many times have we, have we done what our parents want us to do just because they said we should, even though it doesn't make us happy? How many times? People-pleasing is one of the most dangerous mindsets that can prevent you from being successful. Which also brings me to the next one, fear of rejection and failure. And very similar to people-pleasing, the fear of rejection and failure is deeply rooted in the fear of being socially shamed and ostracized. Think about it. You actually don't fear failure. A lot of people say that, that they're, you know, they're afraid of failure. You know, the fear of failure is actually what prevents people from moving forward. You're actually not afraid of failure. Most people aren't. Most people are afraid of being seen failing. Think about it. If you were able to you know, have a little black box that nobody could see you doing something in and nobody would see if you failed, you'd, you'd probably be a lot more likely to go for it and try it if nobody could see. 
But as soon as it becomes public or, or, or people around you can see it, that's where it becomes an issue. So the fear of rejection and failure is actually the fear of being seen failing, which goes back to, you know, if people see me fail, well then, fixed mindset, I'm not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, then people will reject me. I'll be socially ostracized. I'll be shamed and I'll be outcast. You see how all of these mindsets kind of tie in together, the fixed mindset, the people pleasing, the rejection and failure, all tie in together. And they all kind of wind up back in us thinking that we're going to die because we do something. But the reality is if we get rejected, we're not, we're not going to be socially ostracized. We're not going to be, we're not going to be outcast, right? The reality is most of us reject ourselves before we even have the chance of being rejected. So think about it, right? If you were, if you're a guy and you were single and you were in a bar and there was a cute girl at the end of the bar and you wanted to ask her out, you, you thought, wow, that girl's really cute. She's, she's smiling. She's laughing a lot. She's got great energy. I'd love to get to know her. Who knows? Maybe go on a date. Maybe, maybe we fall in love. Maybe we get married and have kids together. You never know, right? But you go, man, she's way too cute for me. So you reject yourself. You don't even ask her. Now let's think about this. Because you don't even ask her, you don't even go up and tell her your name, there's a 100% chance that you will not get to learn her name. There's a 100% chance that you will not get to go on a date with her. There's a 100% chance that you will not get to know her and fall in love and marry her and, and, and maybe have kids with her one day. 100% chance of failure by not trying. But what if, you, what if you were to try? What if you were to go up to her and ask her her name? Maybe there's a 50% chance that she'd give you her name. Maybe there's a 20% chance that you guys would really like each other and she might even go on a date with you. Maybe there's a 10% chance that you guys might even fall in love. Maybe a 5% chance that you get married one day and a 1% chance or 5% chance that you have kids and stay together for the rest of your life. But that 5%, that one out of 20, you didn't even give it a chance because you rejected yourself before you even got there for fear of being seen failing by going up to this girl at the end of the bar and people seeing you strike out. That's what's really going on here. Number four mindset is overanalyzing and perfection paralysis. Now, I remember studying for a test in college once and I crammed like crazy Three straight days, I, I, didn't, I didn't do a very good job going to uh, the classes, but for three straight days, I studied the textbook. I went to the, the, the finals reviews. I asked every question to every, uh, every TA and every friend in the class that I possibly could because I had to ace this test. It was super important for me. Now, I had to study absolutely th everything under the sun and everything else in my life took a backseat. And then I went and I took this test. And I aced the test, but on the test, there was only really the base level questions. And I overstudied and I overanalyzed and I, I went way too deep because this is what school teaches you to do. You have one shot. You have one shot at taking the test. You have one shot at, at presenting the project to your manager. You have one shot at the presentation. School and nine to fives teach you that you have to overstudy, overprepare, overanalyze, perfection before you actually go take the action. Now, this is one of the biggest issues in the real world, and especially with entrepreneurship. The reality is, when I first got my business started, I could have I read every book, I could have uh, studied every program, I could have worked with every mentor, but nothing absolutely nothing could have prepared me to work with my first client. 
until I worked with my first client. And as I worked with my first client, I got better and it prepared me for my second client. And then my third client, my fourth client. I had a client of mine, his name was Dr. Mike, and he had spent two years studying, taking programs, spent you know, hundreds of that, almost $100,000, put himself into debt and didn't get a single client in the coaching space because he thought that he needed to have the perfect program. And I asked him when he started working with us, how do you know what the perfect program is if you've never worked with anybody? He said, holy crap. So over the next month, we helped him land four clients at $2,000. And over the next two months, he worked with them. And at the end of the two months, I remember having a call with him and he said, Xander, I've learned more over the last two months by actually doing the thing than I have with tens of thousands, nearly a hundred thousands of dollars of investments and programs and certifications and two years studying books, studying textbooks, going as deep as I could to understand the philosophy and the theory. I learned more in the last two months just by working with people. See, the truth is success loves speed. In school, we're taught that we have to learn, 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 and then we take the action once. In the real world, we take the action, and then we learn from the action, and then we take more action, and then we learn again, and then we take more action, and then we learn again. This is something that we're never taught in school, and this is the reason why so many people are so unsuccessful and stuck in nine-to-fives, because they never learn this. Overanalyzing perfection paralysis will kill your dreams. Decisiveness will get you your dreams. Action will get you your dreams. Action beats anxiety. But overanalyzing, perfection paralysis will kill your dreams. And the last mindset that I wanted to share is a doozy. It's comparison syndrome. Everybody does it. We look at the person on Instagram. We look at the person across, across the street, the, the person with the bigger house across the street, the, the nicer car that shows up to the gym, the friend that we went to high school or college with that's in a better job, makes more money than us, whatever it might be. We all compare ourselves. And social media makes it even more difficult because right now, we see everybody's highlight reel and we compare it to our behind the scenes. We see ourselves trudging through mud and making mistakes and fucking shit up. And we compare it to everybody else's highlight reel that we see on social media. Now, I remember I had a client of mine when he first started working with us, he had zero coaching business. And he said, I want to, he said, Xander, I want to be like you. I want to go from zero coaching business to a seven figure business in one year. And he's like, I've seen, I've seen all your social media stories. I've seen your story on it. I want to do it. And I said, no, you don't. <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? No, I don't. I said, you don't know what it took. You don't know what I had to go through. You don't know how, how hard I had to work, how hard I had to fight to get there. And so I told him, I walked him through, I walked him through what I had to do to get to a seven figure business in 12 months. I, I told him how I, you know, for literally a year, every single morning I woke up and the first thing I would do is I would ask myself, what, what's the most uncomfortable thing that you could do today? And I literally did the most uncomfortable thing I could do every single day. I was stressed out of my mind for that entire two years. If it wasn't for my meditation practice, I probably, I probably would have blown up right? It was the most stressful two years of my entire life because I was growing so much. Growth causes stress. Discomfort causes stress. Physiological, emo emotional, physical stress. I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping. I was, I, was, you know, I was working so hard. There was no way that that was a sustainable way of doing things for that year. 
Would I change it? No, I wouldn't change it. That was one of the most amazing growth-filled years of my entire life. But it was also the hardest I've ever worked, the most I've ever grown, the most uncomfortable I've ever been. And so I walked him through everything that I did, all the uncomfortable decisions that I did, all the things that I, you know, you know, all the ways that I made it, putting myself into massive amounts of debt over and over again, investing in myself before I had the money, stressing myself, uh, you know, and, and learning and doing crazy stuff and failing hundreds and hundreds of times on different things. And he was like, holy crap, you're right. I, I don't know if I want that. I was like, you, you, you should have seen how unbalanced my life was. Now, it didn't mean that I didn't still, you know, hang out with friends every now and then. And I met the woman of my dreams, Maddie, that same year. But it did mean that it was a very, very tough life for a year. And when I explained it to him, he was like, holy crap, you're right, that's a lot. Now, the problem is most people compare themselves. They compare their highlight reel to people's behind the scenes. And it doesn't mean that somebody can't go from zero to seven figures. I just want them to understand what it actually takes. So when you're comparing yourself to somebody else, understand that on the surface, what you see, it's like an iceberg. You see about 5 to 10% of what's really going on. Nobody, a lot of people didn't see that during that year, my best friend committed suicide. And I'd say about 80% of the time, I was deeply depressed. I woke up crying every single morning, 30 minutes. And I went to sleep crying every single morning for another 30 minutes. Most people didn't see that. They just saw the business. They just saw me being successful, the highlight reel. But what they didn't see was, was the fear of rejection. They didn't see the fear of failure, the, the fear of my own identity being lost after my best friend committed suicide. And here I was, a coach that was supposed to be able to help people. The shame, the guilt, the resentment that was buried deep that I had to work through and I had to feel. Nobody else saw that. So when you compare yourself to others, remember, there's a lot more going on underneath the surface. Now, these five mindsets, if you can learn to avoid these five mindsets and do the opposite, avoid the fixed mindset and do the growth mindset, avoid people-pleasing and really focus on what really matters to you. Avoid the fear of rejection and failure by realizing that there is no fear or rejection of failure. There is no rejection. You're rejecting yourself before you even get there. Avoid overanalyzing and perfection paralysis by just getting into action, moving forward. Stop thinking and start doing and avoid comparison syndrome by realizing the only person that you should compare to yourself to is who you were yesterday. Now, if you can do all five of these things, I guarantee you'll be a lot more successful in life. That's all we have for today's show. So don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing. So make sure you implement what you learn here with us. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from this podcast, don't forget to go to www.sidlickbook.com to grab your copy of the new number one bestseller, Shit You Don't Learn in College, the book available now. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.